Good morning. You are listening to WECB, the underground sound of Emerson College. Welcome to Vibe Shift. We are Minna, Isabel, Issa, and Morgan. And we are four pals that talk about music through media. Every week we pick a show or movie and discuss the soundtrack. And this week... In a land of myth and a time of magic, the destiny of a great kingdom rests on the shoulders of a young boy. His name, Merlin. That is my all right for the day. <laughs> so we are talking about Merlin today, BBC's Merlin. And this show means so much to us. Not only is the soundtrack absolutely fire, um, the show itself was super important for its time. It's this like retelling of Arthurian tales and follows our young warlock Merlin as he comes to Camelot. This is genuinely my favorite show of all time. It is so silly and goofy and makes me laugh literally every single episode, but also is like incredibly heartbreaking and so well done. These actors like genuinely kill it with like their chemistry and like the connections of these characters. Like, y'all, go watch it. <laughs> go watch this 200. 2008 masterpiece <laughs> it really is sitting at five seasons long and following you know king arthur and his knights of the round table as well as his right hand man merlin um as well as his sister question mark morgana <laughs> not really she's the ward but like that's like way too much to explain to someone <laughs> but um yeah this follows the tale of these young adults making their way through this like very important time of like his not history but you know what i mean is like tales yeah i don't know um but yeah i don't know it's just there's something so beautiful about you know the relationships between the characters as well as their arcs they bbc executed their arcs so beautifully and like so well over the course of this five seasons and isabel introduced it to me and it's the best thing that's ever happened to me yeah and last night we actually all watched the first episode so vibe shift people yeah. what do we think okay so i was a really big fan of the first episode i'm always down for some fantasy um and i've known about merlin throughout my you know throughout throughout my years um, <laughs> i've seen i've seen edits on my for you page on instagram it's always been kind of like there i know the story but like I, i'm not gonna lie i've watched compilations of it on youtube <laughs> um i think it's like really cool and i honestly after watching the first episode i'm like this is my time. I think I might have to. I think I might have to watch it now. So hey. <laughs> I'm I'm looking one forward to learning more. <laughs> one of us. Um. Okay. So <laughs> I didn't know anything about Merlin going into it. I hadn't even heard of it before I met Minna and Isabel. <laughs> um, and then once I met them, I very quickly heard about <laughs> it. Um, but I also really enjoyed it. I thought it was really just like really well done um the first episode was shot a little goofy i'm not gonna lie to you it was a little goofy but like i feel like it sets the tone for the show like like you said like the chemistry between the characters is just like it's amazing like i just i think like world building is so fascinating mm. and the way they set up the world so quickly in just the first episode is it's just amazing 
And speaking of the first episode, first up, we've got Merlin's arrival in Camelot, which sets the scene for Merlin's wonderful journeys. Enjoy.
So <laughs> we have Merlin's arrival in Camelot, and then we played uh, meeting Arthur for you guys. And the scene where Merlin first meets Arthur. Mm-hmm. <laughs> May we just talk about that for a second? <laughs> we will indeed. <laughs> this scene is insane. It is so good. The chemistry between these two men, you guys. <laughs> they're in love. This is the first interaction they have and oh my god, are they flirting up a storm. <laughs> what a great way to put it. I think that this scene is so integral to showing how important Arthur and Merlin are to one another. They are just so like in sync even when they are like in battle because mm-hmm. in, in the very beginning. They're fighting. Let, let's set the scene. They're fighting in the grocery Party store. <laughs> Um, I love you, but I don't know if I love you. So true. Um, But let me set the scene real quick where Melon has come to Camelot and he sees a, again, both of them are adolescents, which I think is like a really fun, like, I don't know, intro to them. And like, there's something interesting about like having this almost be a teen show. Mm. But uh, Melon walks up to Arthur and Arthur is bullying some commoner and he goes, (laughs) all right, that's enough. Settle down. And Arthur's like, you can't talk to me like that. Um, I'm kind of the prince of Camelot. And he goes, I knew you were a prat. I just didn't know you were a royal one. Great accent (laughs) as well. (laughs) There's something, again, just so great about the way these two interact. They just, they bounce off one another just the chemistry is very palpable um Isabel and I have watched this scene obviously a couple of times because we love this show but coming from a first time watcher's perspective what did you guys think so um as someone once again first time watching it that scene so much tension for like <laughs> re- like reasons unknown it was it was great <laughs> reasons, unknown. <laughs> reasons unknown for real um I thought it was it was some great it was a great first introduction though I think also the show does a really good job like establishing these characters like right off the bat um you know like we know like what they're about I guess and like it does a really good job like just setting up those dynamics like right off the yeah right away (laughs) (laughs) sorry Issa was fixing my mic for me um no I think that like just watching this you really get like a sense for both of their personalities super quickly I think before this, you you see Merlin, but like you don't really see like what he's about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You don't see like his wit. Mm-hmm. You don't see his real personality, like how he is when he's riffing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and Arthur, like this is your first introduction to him, and you just you really understand what he who he is mm-hmm. and like you know what his personality is, and just like I think this is such a great introduction for them. And then further, like you're building up their relationship, and when you start something like this, where it's like oh. They don't like each other. It's like, oh, but like, you know, deep down, you're like, mm. but like, <laughs> but like, oh, I see the way y'all interact. Yeah. I don't know. Enemies to lovers or whatever. <laughs> or whatever. Um, I have an additional thing to add, which is I think also what the scene does is set a really great stage for Arthur's character mm-hmm. development mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, we'll get to this later on as well, because not only do we watch the first episode, but we watched an episode in season three. And it was such a really cool shift to see Arthur's character change. Like in this first episode, I mean, we have, you know, Merlin calling him a royal prat and he's like <laughs> bullying a commoner. And then by season three, we see him being like a more just leader. And mm-hmm. I think it was really cool to like witness that character shift. It's so awesome that you notice that because yeah. we talk about that all the time. <laughs> Ar- Arthur's character arc is really, really interesting. Like the way that he develops like as a leader and like the the way that he has to step into his dad's shoes and just like who he becomes as a person and it, the fact that that is like reflected in just like the first meeting that he is a selfish person like that is what mm-hmm. he starts off as he's a spoiled prince that's his whole thing that's his bit and Merlin integrally makes him a better person they yeah. are two sides of the same nobody coin. has ever challenged him before mm-hmm. in the way that Merlin constantly challenges him and his actions and I think that's so important because like 
Merlin is literally the only person that would ever like sass back Arthur, mm-hmm. and he allows it. Like he, <laughs> he, he likes it. He, he does. He likes it. Like because nobody's ever treated him like this before. Mm-hmm. He's a prince. He's used to getting whatever he likes. You know. And their banter is just, like, the most fun thing ever to watch. Mm-hmm. Like, these two actors kill it every single time. Colin Morgan, mm-hmm. Bradley James, I love Our you guys. guys. <laughs> kill it. They heard change lives <laughs> when they said take scene. Like, <laughs> and they did. They changed my life. They really did. And with that, we've got <laughs> Fighting in the Market by Rob Lane. So that was Merlin Lost 
which is Merlin's theme throughout the show. And we were just talking in the studio how incredibly sad this theme is. <laughs> it's so moving. Um, Rob Lane is the person that wrote all of the original music for this season. Uh, shout out Rob Lane because he makes us feel things. Like He I, is our hero. He is a hero. He just truly changes lives he like, really does he just understands these characters really well and the way that he builds each song is so cinematic and climactic and just is making you feel all the things and even when they're playing in the backgrounds of scenes you are listening into the music as well like it's just so emotive and I, I don't know there's something just so moving about a good soundtrack mm. I think it really just does like enhance the show so much like I'd be getting emotional <laughs> like oh these characters and then you put a sad song behind <laughs> Merlin and I'm like stop it right now I'm gonna cry like <laughs> I can't it's so good like the music has just like so much magic to it and like whimsicalness mm -hmm. and it's just it's so beautiful to me and like truly like so special I loved it um this was my first time hearing Merlin Lost and my my heart was I don't know it was beautiful like I I got lost in the music it was truly I think Rob Lane does a really really good job like I could feel that this was Merlin's theme like it mm -hmm. felt like him I don't know if that makes any sense but like it I listening to it I was like yeah that's Merlin because it teaches the line between whimsical and just deep deep sorrow like even mm. in the first episode Merlin is just really going through this conflict this internal conflict and it, it expands throughout the entirety of the show of just who am I with or without magic? And in yeah. a land where this is banned, what do I do? And it's just this complete... It's tearing him apart. He has one of his first scenes with like his father figure, Gaius. Um, shout out, Gaius. Um, Gaius. He has a scene where he's like, I just... I don't know what to do with myself. I feel very lost if I don't have magic. What am I to do? And it's just heartbreaking. Colin Morgan absolutely ate up that scene. And I think that that is what Rob Lane is trying to, you know bring over to the watchers and the listeners is that not only is this you know a little bit magical a little bit whimsical but this is also a really human tale it's rooted in a lot of human pain and emotion that was worded so beautifully thank you yeah no like merlin is really going through he, merlin be lost, <laughs> merlin as, be lost. <laughs> as the song is titled like <laughs> he's just really looking for like what his purpose is and like what he's doing here because he had he had to leave his home in Eldor and go to Camelot and like he doesn't have any family here he's like looking for his place in the world and he's just like you know trying to figure out what to do with himself and like deal with like having magic but magic not being allowed and like scared and lost and yeah. just trying to get through it all so much inner inner turmoil you got it Rah. And in finding himself, he is also finding his call to destiny. So this is Call to <laughs> Destiny by Rob Lane. <laughs>
Okay, so that was Gwen and Arthur. And we are transitioning into season two. We have made it into the second season of BBC's Merlin. Um, So we played Call of Destiny, which is, again, showing Merlin's internal battle. And then we've gone straight into Gwen and Arthur, which I think is also part of (laughs) Merlin's internal battle. Um, This theme is really beautiful. And it is like the theme for the couple, because for anybody who doesn't know Arthurian legend, um, Guinevere marries Prince uh, Prince Arthur. He becomes King Arthur (laughs) of Camelot and she becomes queen uh, in his eventual demise. Sorry, spoiler alert. Um, Again, the tales have been out for centuries. So, you know, read up. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But this theme is really beautiful and I think it also shows a lot of internal struggle. Something that Rob Lane is really, really good at is showing that, you know, tension between these characters because a lot of uh, Gwen and Arthur's issues are the fact that she is a commoner and he is a prince and they are not meant to be together. Um, Forbidden love and all that jazz. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And while I do not care (laughs) for Arthur and Gwen at all, like... This song slaps. <laughs> it's a good song. It's a great song. Like I wouldn't include it unless it was. Mm-hmm. Like we we do like their theme. It's beautiful. Yeah. But like Arthur and Gwen have no chemistry. <laughs> I don't know what they were pushing here, y'all. Marlon was right there. Yeah. Also, like to note for the for the audience that the cover photo for this album is in fact Arthur and Merlin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, looking really looking really cool. Honestly, this cover photo is great. It is a great cover photo. There's something to say about, like, I don't know, just... It's not even a love triangle because that's not how it's posed by the show. But, like, the dynamics between Gwen, Arthur, and Merlin is really interesting because Gwen, of course, was also a servant to Morgana. So there's that, like, connection between Gwen and Merlin. And then on top of that, there's also the dynamic of Gwen slowly falling for somebody above her station and trying to figure out what that means for her and her job and all those things, especially after her dad's death. Like that was, that, yeah, oh yeah, that her dad died. Uther <laughs> no. kills him. Sorry, Uther's the worst. Let, <laughs> okay, wait, killing big, people left and quick right. Quick Uther interlude. We hate Uther. Uther is the worst. Like he is just such a terrible father. He's a terrible yeah. leader. He's a hypocrite. He's the worst. <laughs> this is an Uther hate page, and I really yeah, do mean no, that. No, Uther is the worst. Mm. To once again talk about character introductions. In the first two minutes of the show, he executes someone. Yeah, no, like immediately. Yeah, about character introductions. We were talking about that yesterday because we've got two film majors, of course, on our vibe shift cast, and we were talking about the character introductions are really interesting because you know there's Merlin who is you know innocent young boy coming to new Mm -hmm. place. Gwen is servant trying to you know do her job. Morgana is ward. Arthur is spoiled prince and Uther is evil king like it's very it sets the scene very very well and they do start off as just like very like basic like one thing characters but the way they like evolve Mm -hmm. and develop and change as characters is so like fun to see Mm -hmm. because this is just like this is a kids show technically but like the way that like there's so much depth to all these characters and like the story and the trauma there is so much going on yeah there's something almost Shakespearean to it Mm -hmm. I think again like with these like older tales like with these uh, the family tensions and Mm -hmm. the like conflicts and blah 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 there's something to say about like just how the drama is crazy (laughs) and to that we've got The Substitute Night by Rob Lane
So that was Lancelot Leaves by Rohan Stevenson. Rohan! Rohan! <laughs> I would like to say, I have never heard this song before, and I was blown away. As a former orchestra kid myself, the violins, mm. the notes, the, 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 I don't know, I'm speechless. <laughs> I'm speechless. That is exactly me right now, um, Rohan. I really loved, there's a clear switch between Rob and Rohan in, in a seamless way, mm-hmm. but the they're, um, the way that they compose music is definitely like I, I like the new style. I think yeah. it does well mm-hmm. to like progress the story. Um, and I really liked what Rohan did with Lancelot Leaves. Something about beautiful. Rohan's composition is very um, communal in a sense. There's a lot more layers to it. It's a much richer sound because the you know he utilizes like bass instruments as well as string instruments really really well. And the way that they like marry is really really beautiful. And he makes it. I think as the show progresses, because we're about to get into season three of the show, it becomes a lot more of an ensemble rather than just focusing on Merlin and Arthur like as characters I feel as though it kind of expands I mean this is you know Lancelot leaves that's an introduction of a new character and you know a knight of the round table um and just as Rohan is introduced it becomes a more of a communal project in the way that the sound mimics the way that the characters are interacting and I think that that's just speaks to both Rob and Rohan's talents I just I think that great (laughs) Yeah. No, I love Lancelot as a character. I think he's he's so fun. And um, I love him and Gwen's little, like, mm. relationship. And their dynamic is really fun. They have a lot of chemistry. 
And the song is like so emotional and well done. And we love Rohan Stevenson in the studio here. Mm -hmm. He's our guy. He really is. It feels like you're losing someone, which Mm -hmm. is just a crazy thing to just be able to emote through no lyrics and only soundtrack. Like it is really a very special talent if you're able to do that. And now we are moving into season three of Melon, um, which is, it takes a bit of a more dark turn. Where yeah. this is slowly coming we're, into war times. <laughs> we're, we're we're approaching war, y'all. It, it'd be getting sad. And with the war comes, comes treachery. treachery. <laughs>
So that was Gwen's Barbara. <laughs> Shout out to Rohan Stevenson. Um, that is my favorite song of this whole soundtrack. I love Gwen. He is such a fun little flirty character. <laughs> he is such a little cutie. He's so fun. Gwen is the best, and this song is the best. And I think that that is only fair to who he is. It's there's something really fun about it because there's it's very whimsical. That they're, they're fighting. You can tell like there's something dramatic happening. They're brawling. They're brawling. It's so good. It is so so good. And Gwen is a great addition to this cast of characters because he brings the fun. I think that at a certain point it gets very serious because obviously like Arthur is becoming king and blah 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 and Merlin's like oh god I have the weight of the world I, I need my destiny <laughs> literally all he's doing the whole time all Merlin is talking about is his destiny he's like oh god I have to get up and do my destiny and this dragon's yelling at him about his destiny it's Seriously. a lot of pressure it's a lot of pressure and then Gwen comes in and all is well because yeah. he gets to be like tee hee tee let's the polish some shoes together yeah like, he's always just like cracking a joke and there to make Merlin smile and he's a great loyal knight for Arthur he's the best we love Gwen we love him so much you guys got to meet Gwen for the first time we we did two episodes last night we did the pilot and then we did Gwen's episode that's how important he is to yes. us yeah I I enjoyed Gwen I'll be real <laughs> he, uh, he he had like pirate energy yeah so like, pirate energy. He, he was just like yeah he, he just he had so much riz like he, <laughs> he, he just like yeah. flirt with everybody in the town and I was like here for it I'm like alright king go off also had beautiful hair luscious luscious locks yeah. for real he is a beautiful man he is, will he wear wigs never because his never. hair is so luscious he is a beautiful man um, and yeah I don't know Gwen is just very special to us and he's great we love it like yeah. the little like fiddle, the fiddle. <laughs> of the music the way it's just like it's so upbeat and happy and makes me want to dance yeah. every time I listen to it. I want to go to. I want to do a little bar brawl. Yeah, let's brawl. Them. <laughs> like it's so good. I love it so much. And moving on from our bar brawl, we are going into the magical, and this is Gaius the Goblin by Rob Blaine. <laughs> Thank you. 
So this is the finale of season three of Merlin, and it is entitled The Sword and the Stone. Of course, going along with Arthurian legend, this is when Excalibur is reintroduced into the Merlin universe. Yeah, and seeing Arthur grab the sword and Merlin just, like, be proud of him. He put the sword there for him. Like, they are two sides of of the the same same coin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so a quick, like, tidbit about how Merlin, like, goes about this is that he actually puts the sword in the stone for Arthur to prove that he is a worthy king. So that's, I don't know if that's the same in Arthurian legend. I don't believe so. But that is such an interesting way to introduce such a vital part of the law. Yeah, is making it melon stone, but only for Arthur to be able to take it out because melon enchants it as such. And I think that again, that just speaks to a lot of melon's struggle is the fact that he is just you know constantly trying to be there for Arthur as a king, as a leader, as a friend, just all of the things. Mm -hmm. And I think that this 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 song is just so building in this moment where melon is doing this really important thing for Arthur and he knows he's like this is his destiny he is the once and future king of Camelot and I need to make prove that because that was like the whole thing is that like he couldn't nobody could pull this out except for the once and future king and mm-hmm. it just proves again like how much he cares yeah. and how much he's willing to do even if it's like a little bit fake um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know it's there's something very magical about it yeah it's genuinely too. really beautiful and like Oh, I, oh, I feel like a proud mother watching <laughs> Arthur. I love him, and he deserves the world. And we've seen him like grow so much at this point, and like move beyond being just a spoiled prince. You know, mm-hmm. like he has come such a long way from who he was in the beginning of season one, episode one. And of course, this takes us into the final two seasons of Melon. There is a time jump in between uh, this season and the next season, right? Well, season four and season five. Oh, maybe okay. That's we're my we're, bad. we're we're going JK, to season I four right now. We're going to season four. Um, and the switch between season three to season four is super interesting. And one very small detail, if you notice in the, the intro, it changes from a young boy to a young man yeah. when they're oh. talking about Merlin in the intro. <laughs> and this is like genuinely like heartbreaking because like Merlin is a man at this point. Like he he went to Camelot <laughs> as just like a young boy like looking for like just like an adventure and like a spot in the world and like to get away from his small town. And now like he he is a man who like knows like the burdens of like destiny and like all this all this stuff that like the world threw at him and he's had to struggle with now for like years on end yeah it's it's a really great transition and shows kind of the tonal shift of the show as well because it becomes a lot more serious a lot heavier it's really tough to get through i Mm -hmm. I watched it for the first time last year and it was it was really tough to get through um but yeah that takes us into season four and we will be playing Melon and Morgana duel because at this point Morgana has become the main villain of the entire show crazy yeah. shift um, but th- that is very vital to the plot so enjoy
guys. So that was Knights of the Round Table. And this, of course, is fulfilling the Arthurian tale of Arthur and his Knights of the oh, Round his Table. Knights. And I love all their little friendships because, like, we watch each, like, episode as he collects all of his knights and creates his own, like, special round table of people who he thinks are important and he chooses to be Mm -hmm. um, his knights, whether they're actually nobles or not. He just looks for people who are noble of heart. And that is such a big part of Arthur's arc is really coming to terms with like who he wants to be as a leader and how he doesn't want to follow in his father's footsteps and create this very toxic environment he has surrounded by these people that he loves it's really special and I think that this moment you know done by Rob Lane shout out Rob Lane um, (laughs) he uh, creates this just really uplifting ballad towards like I don't know just being in a group of people that you really love kind of like you guys I love you guys (laughs) Um, but yeah I think that it just encapsulates that feeling of really being seen and knowing that this is like an important thing this is an important bond that you guys all share yeah and there's this one line where Arthur like is talking to Merlin and he's talking about his knights and he says like they're like they're more than family like that's his men and he would do anything to protect them he would die for them and you know like the bond between all of them they're like they're just goofy little guys but also like they would genuinely do anything for each other and it's so like touching to see and this is so funny because in Gwen's first introduction he's saying how he would never die for a nobleman and he's like I there's just nobody who's like worth it why would mm-hmm. you do that and as he's leaving as he's leaving his introduction episode he goes maybe that one's worth dying for oh. and for that to like I don't know, just like for him to then become part of the round table three seasons later and be such an integral part of Arthur as a leader is just, oh, it's beautiful. The arcs are done so it's well. so well done because everything comes back into play mm-hmm. and like, oh, they all mean so much to me. They really do. And now we are going to play you the final song, which is Bond of Sacrifice. And we'll, we'll, we'll quickly talk about it right after.
That was Bond of Sacrifice, the final song played. I'm sobbing. <laughs> Tears were shed in the studio. Oh, it is just, uh, that song is just so harrowing in every way that you want it to be. For context, for any listeners who have not watched the show, um, this is a really integral part of the story because Arthur has just discovered that Melon uses magic and Melon, this is the line, <laughs> only for you I use my magic only for you and oh. oh it's so awful because Arthur has obviously just learned that he has magic and has learned that he's been using it all these years that he's been close to him and you know seen him as a confidant even though he's been taught all his life that magic is a terrible terrible thing and a really important aspect of this is that he's not even mad that Merlin has magic but he's mad that Merlin didn't tell him that he has <laughs> magic like because he has trusted Merlin with so much and like genuinely they have been with each other through everything. everything and he just feels like he doesn't even know somebody who he thought like was like genuinely his best friend I think you know and Arthur at this point has there has been the final battle of Camelot and he has been injured like like mortally <laughs> injured and um so he's, he's coming to terms with Merlin having magic and then he is oh my god I'm like gonna cry <laughs> and then he is in you know exceedingly more pain and he comes to realize that this really is his final moments and yeah. he then dies in Merlin's arms as this song plays and he says and Arthur words. goes hold me just, just like hold, hold me. me brutal oh. so our round table question is did BBC <laughs> did, did BBC censor the gays question yes they are known for queer bait <laughs> i will bring up sherlock <laughs> <laughs> i was just about to mention sherlock as well yes uh yeah bbc was just cowards <laughs> morgan um yeah i mean i think it's pretty pretty obvious yeah. um just because they set up so much tension between these two and it's it's far more than just friendship <laughs> like you can see the way they look at each other and like um just like magic as a whole and like I know we were going to talk about this is like magic is definitely an allegory for being like yeah. gay and being yeah. closeted because like Merlin this whole time is talking about even in the first episode where we see it where he's like he's like I don't know like like I don't know I anyone else that's way. like I'm born he this was way just born I don't know anybody way. else that is like this like how I am like Ugh. it's so I don't I have no one to relate he to he feels on this. different and isolated and yeah. alone and even Gaius is like king I don't know what I'm going to do for you either like I <laughs> I don't know and it's like it's just it's it sucks because it's people find representation in this and they're able to you know they're able to make this like we said Heartstopper is based on this yeah it's like, mm -hmm. it's Nick and Charlie fact. are based yeah. off of Merlin and Arthur like. so like just for them to be for people to find representation in this but also to never get their like you know to get like to see them come to fruition it's just like it sucks because queer painting is Ugh. Not good. Not Enough good. of this. I had just looked up on YouTube the all uh, Merlin and Arthur interactions like the compilations. It is two hours long, guys. <laughs> wow, no it's way. a two hour long compilation of the moments where these two interact. Yeah. That they're they're literally flirting with yeah, yeah. In the first episode. Like these two are in love. Yeah. It is the Merlin and Arthur show. Yeah. Like he might marry Gwen, but like she's irrelevant when it comes <laughs> to like Merlin and Arthur and their interactions. And even like the cast, like you, there's one of this cast videos or like mm -hmm. one of the creators that said like they genuinely did think of it as a love story between two men. Yeah. They just like nothing could have, like it was what, 2012, I yeah. think, when yeah. the show finished airing. So they 
you know, had him die in his arms. Yeah. That's the most we got. And while we might be anti-queer bait, I do also think that this story is told really well. I think that the fact that they were able to translate the fact that this is a love story and that there is a lot of chemistry between these two, even though they weren't ever able to explicitly state it, I do think they, they wrote it in a really, like, masterful way. I think that mm-hmm. it's really hard to, like, teeter that line of, like, making it clear what your intentions are and being censored. I just... I, it's so well done and the actors Bradley James Colin Morgan you are our best friends we love you we love (laughs) them so much I like I wish more than anything that they could come back and do like a modern day like Merlin like get like have them like interact again I think that would be so genius they are both such good actors like bring them back please bring them back (laughs) but yeah 